Welcome to the Age-Friendly Dayton Podcast. This is a program showcasing insights and fascinating stories about the many age-friendly achievements happening in Dayton. Please welcome your host, Age-Friendly Dayton champion Donna Kastner and producer Terry O'Brien. Hey Donna, we are back with our third episode. Can you believe it? Episode number three. I cannot believe it. So I know we have a lot on our plate today. And I know we have a special guest coming up. An incredible special guest. We've got Kate Bostorf, who is with Age Friendly Centerville, uh, joining us in a bit. But guess what, Terry? I really feel like we touched on Age Friendly in episode one. I feel like I want to go a step further in in this episode, just to give some good context for everything that follows. I I think that's a great idea, because I still get confused about what Age Friendly Dayton, or Age Friendly Living, or Age Friendly Communities what does that mean? So help me with that. And it's kind of funny because I did a training session and, and that was exactly the question. So what do we mean by age-friendly communities? And I'm right. like, I'm so deep in the forest, I forgot. <laughs> I'm assuming everybody knows. So here's a definition and it's actually from AARP, which is actually a platform for the work we're doing here in Dayton. Let, by me, the way, let me share this. Yeah, notice to the listener, this is probably written by a lawyer. Go ahead. Yeah, well, probably. So here you go. Here's the dry definition, but it is accurate. Age-friendly communities encourage and benefit from diverse citizen engagement by including residents in a process to identify the community's needs and develop and implement an action plan to address those needs. Yeah, like I said, that was written by either a, a, a marketer or a lawyer. Correct. But what does that mean? Tell me what that means. You know, I think there's dialogue that we've been needing to have and we haven't had it yet. You know, uh, that we know the world is changing um, rather quickly and Traditional concepts that maybe our parents and, and life stages that our parents and grandparents moved through are looking differently now. And nothing looks more different differently than retirement. Oh, yeah. Even the concept itself, there's a lot of people saying, I don't want to stop. I want to I stay engaged, but maybe I start to do a nice, graceful uh, glide path to something more, you know, fewer hours. So let's talk about that t-shirt you like to wear. What's that? What's that? Too young to be done. That is my tagline. It has been since my mid fifties when I could look out and say, wow, I don't want to stop. And as long as I can stay engaged, I do want to stay engaged in work that I enjoy. Right. But at a more leisurely pace. So too young to be done. Too young to be done. So if you're out there and you're too young to be done, this podcast is for you. And I should step back on why are we even doing this podcast? Yeah. I feel like I'm out in the community. So my, my role as a Del Mar Encore Fellow with the Dayton Foundation is to support age-friendly initiatives across the region. Okay. And as I share stories with other people in this community, you know, everywhere, they're like, wow, I didn't know that. So big light bulb went off. Maybe we should do a podcast because some people really like to get their information that way. We're all getting information in different, different methods. And I thought there's so many great stories going on and so much great work going on behalf of others. Right. If we can shine a light on that and point people in some good productive directions to solve challenges they're dealing with. Sure. It's a beautiful thing. So tell me, who are the communities that are involved in such an age-friendly kind of way of doing things? So we have a dozen communities that are informally enrolled in the age-friendly network, and they are Bellbrook, Brookville, Centerville, Dayton, Harrison Township, Huber Heights, Kettering, uh, Miami County, they're the only county that is in here, Washington Township, Vandalia, Xenia, Yellow Springs, Huber Heights, Kettering, I'm I'm moving all over. But you guys get together on a 
bi-monthly or monthly basis and talk about how to make communities more friendly to aging people. Correct. And I'm a Del Mar Encore Fellow with the foundation, and that's a paid position. It's part-time and flexible. Yep. And my role is to convene this group, facilitate some fruitful conversations where there's some good uh, best practice sharing and, you know, like, how are you solving this challenge? Why? We didn't know about that. What resource are you using? And it's been wonderful to kind of be a part of that larger dialogue. There are incredible people that are working on behalf of the the age 60 plus community and I just think that knowing more and doing more can be a beautiful you know it's just we need to study this more because we're going to have more people age 65 and older than 18 and younger now and for the next 30 years so I think with that in mind um, it's just it's an honor to be in this role and I will tell everyone stay tuned to this podcast because you're going to hear stories from others and today you're going to hear about Age Friendly Centerville well let's take a quick break and then we'll come back with Miss Kate Bosdorf how's that sound? that sounds great thanks to the Del Mar Incor Fellows Initiative at the Dayton Foundation for making this Age Friendly Dayton podcast possible Since 2017, the Dayton Foundation has deployed numerous highly skilled older adults into the community to work as Del Mar Encore Fellows to help communities solve problems and create new opportunities. Thank you again to the Dayton Foundation for making this age-friendly Dayton podcast possible. Hey, Donna, we're back. I can't believe who we have here in the studio sitting right across from you. I know. Why don't you tell everyone who we have here? This is a legendary Kate Bosdorf. <laughs> you know, the standing ovation was enough when I walked <laughs> yeah. in, Terry. Thank I, you. I have worked with Kate now for a number of years, and I find her to be one of the most talented and interesting people that we know. Can you hear the ruffling of the money as I yeah, get it? Yeah, she's t- passing and, money towards me. And I came to know Kate from a totally different, you know, cross, paths crossing. And I concur. How did you, you get to know us? The age-friendly work we're doing, She she's our champion for Centerville. So how come Kate is sitting here today? What's the reason she's here today? Okay, Kate, you know, um, our paths cross in the context of this age-friendly program, the Miami Valley Age-Friendly Network. And... Centerville is one of the 12 communities that are that are members of that network and you're the person I interact with most you're you're taking the lead on this um so we're thrilled to have Kate here today and I think we want to take a um a closer look at at things that are developing in Centerville around age friendly yeah I agree because because a I live in Centerville and b I'm aging and I'm glad to hear Kate's here to tell us all about the things I can expect to take advantage of. I love to tell you what to do and expect, <laughs> Terry. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I have learned a ton already through this process. I think I was tapped to lead our age-friendly efforts in Centerville because I'm communications director and it just really, um, as part of the community resources office, it's a natural tie-in. But I have learned so much working with Donna And we've gotten to the point now where through the process, we have completed our citywide survey, which was a big undertaking. And now we're we have analyzed those results, but now we're really internalizing those and seeing, you know, what action plan can we make from the survey we did? We've had focus groups and now we're making our action plan and coming out of that with the goal of having three focus areas where we really want to tie in the work we're doing to the city's current strategic plan, which we just started to. 
You know, and I want to stop you there because let's dial back to when you're starting this journey. How did you this even come on your radar screen? Bill Sayre is one of our city council members, and he's also the chair for the First Suburbs Consortium of Dayton. He brought this idea to city council and to staff during a work session and said, I think it would be a mistake not to be a part of this. And I don't know if you've seen the headlines. Centerville is actually the oldest city in the state of Ohio. And a big part of that is because we have three large retirement communities here. Um, But certainly we know that is a big part of our When you mean oldest, you mean with the most aging Correct, population population of the oldest in the state of Ohio. Um, So we know we want to serve those people and we want to serve families too. But that's one thing, Donna, that I think you've stressed is that improvements you make to help the aging population help everyone. They do. Well, first and foremost, everyone ages, right? Mm-hmm. So eventually the ver- these things are going to tap all of us. But I think there's a real, um, there's a real multi-generational vibe in, in Centerville, mm-hmm. you know, where grandparents are around to help families. Yeah. And one of the things that we had seen even before starting this was we had brought some apartment complexes online for the first time in decades in Centerville and redeveloped some land that hadn't been used at all. And I think we anticipated that that would be young people, right? That's the stereotype. And what we heard from the people who run these complexes is it was a lot of older people who lived in Centerville, had had kids who graduated from Centerville High School, who loved living here, who didn't want the responsibility of mowing a lawn and plowing and, you know, shoveling sidewalks. (laughs) uh, I I don't want the responsibility of plowing, but, but didn't want to leave. And so the apartments made a lot of sense for them. So just that alone was like, oh, yeah, people want to be here. We need to make a way for them to stay. Okay, so so Centerville chooses to enroll in the program. Mm-hmm. You're one of 12 communities. And, and Terry, it's kind of cool because champions for each of these communities get together regularly to, to even kind of share best practices and ideas with one another so that we're not... Reinventing the wheel. Yeah, we're not in a vacuum. We're, we're sharing. So Donna's you're, you're done a good job. with Kettering or you're meeting with yep. other, other neighborhoods. All facilitated that. by Donna. And, and that has been a big help, too, because you're, say, you're saying even just where are you in this process? You well, know, I'm, how, I'm inter- really interested to know what you learned in the surveys or the focus groups. What were the key things that you learned? Yeah, and I'm still packaging that in a way that I can even make it um, shareable for all of us. But what we learned, which was great, is that people are really happy in Centerville. We were thrilled to see that. We had a company called On Point out of Utah do the analysis for us. And they said, we've only seen people this happy in two or three communities in the entire time we've been analyzing surveys, which really? is so great. Yes. Wow. Um, but, but a couple of the things that surprised me were people move here for the schools. I mean, that didn't surprise me, but the fact that then they stay. Right, even after their kids have graduated. We see other communities locally where they're like, well, we'll be here until the kids graduate and then we're going to find something else. And people want to stay after they move here. And the interest in trails and bike paths was surprising for me. I know that people love those in Dayton. I know that we have, through the Centerville Washington Park District, a really strong uh, group of parks. We're very lucky. But the fact that almost... I think we had 40% of respondents said, I regularly use a a walking path or a bike trail. And so hearing that helps us say, oh, we do need to prioritize that and work with parks, work with Bike Centerville. Uh, Yeah. Anything else that maybe popped out at you? 
Well, it won't surprise anybody who lives or drives through Centerville to hear that that intersection of 725 and 48 is a uh, hot item, right? People love it. No. Let me tell you, I've aged quite a lot. <laughs> so walkability in the trails, yes. great. Maybe at certain and, intersections, we got to work on that a little and, bit. And Centerville, I, I think it won't surprise a lot of people. It was something like 99% of people in Centerville drive everywhere they go. You yeah. know, they, they like the bike paths, but that's a conscious choice. Like, and now I am riding a bike or right. now I am walking. Um, but to make it so if you want to go shopping in Uptown, which helps, again, everybody, right, helps the local economy, the people are supporting it and staying here, um, that you need to be able to, A, semi-conveniently get around and park and B, feel safe while you do it. And those are improvements that help people of all ages. It's really amazing. I feel like I'm kind of eating popcorn and watching from the spectator gallery as each of these communities moves moves through this process, this journey, and that starts with assessment. The program they're navigating is through AARP, and it's the we weave through the eight domains of livability. And what's interesting to me, so it would, might be housing or transportation or healthcare. There's a you know an assortment of domains, and each community seems to land on a short list of domains that matter more because there's things that cross mm-hmm. over all communities and then there's some very unique elements. Can you, exp- you know, maybe shine a light on that, Kate? Yeah, the three that our focus group landed on, and when I say focus group, that's representatives from staff, from city council, from some local businesses. We have uh, health care representatives. We have representatives from the retirement communities in our area. The three that they landed on were housing options, workforce, and by Workforce, we also mean, and this is Donna's wheelhouse, so hold her back or she'll do a whole, <laughs> whole three podcasts on this. Um, but we have, we have an amazing talent pool here that retires at... 65 or what age have you and then and some of them don't want to be done maybe they don't want a full-time job forever but finding opportunities to fill the holes that we have in our you know local employers and even volunteer spots throughout the city so workforce encompasses all of that and then communications something that I have learned and felt overwhelmingly is so many of the things that we think oh uh, our modern elders, as Donna has told me to call them, need. Oh, we have we have that, but but it's here, and maybe people don't know that there's something else over on this side too. And we need a way to package all of the amenities and the organizations that we have serving this group in a way that that people don't have to go looking for it as much. Does that make yeah. sense? No, I I think where it gets to is what I was going to say is you're doing a lot of stuff. But as an elderly, not an elderly, aging person. I would call you extremely elderly. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, when you put that L-Y on there, it's like... Those are are the words I would use to describe Uh, Sherry. We don't hear about it. We don't know this is going on. How do you yeah. how do you let us know that these things exist or you're working toward them? Right. right. No, that's, that's the question. And we're open to suggestions about that, certainly. Um, I think a lot of it is almost proof of performance. You know, what are the results? Rather than like, hey, we're, do- we're, we're working, we're working. Like, well, what have you done? Um, we have a, several big projects coming up, capital improvement projects in 2024. Stubbs Park closes in the spring, which is sad. But then when it reopens in May of 25, it's going to be so much more accessible for people of all abilities, more parking access, better for event hosting, um, better drainage, which is the least sexy thing that we talk about. But, I'm looking forward but, to that drainage. <laughs> but, but it's important for the long-term viability of the park. We have the Benham's Grove Improvement Project, where Benham's Grove is 
wonderful and we love it, but we use it six months out of the year right now. So building an event center there that allows us to host events year round while also making some necessary and in some cases deferred maintenance improvements to the Gerber house and the cottage and the gazebo area as well. So all of those, I think, serve a lot of those needs. So when, when your city council mm-hmm. meets, do you guys have this on the radar? How do we make Centerville more age friendly? Is that is that a topic or is that just something that's kind of going on underneath the, the normal current? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, the way our city council work sessions are, are pretty much set up is that it, it depends on the legislation on the ballot for the regular meeting. Um, but yeah, city council has been a big part of this. There are representatives on our uh, focus groups and they're all very invested in this. It turns out every single member of city council is is getting older every day. We're, you're getting older too, Kate. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on that focus group piece, I have to tell you, Terry, I watched, I, I, I participated in one of Kate's focus groups, and it was extraordinary. She just ha- really took us down a very productive path of conversations, very interactive. So give us like a little insight into what your dynamic is around that and who's participating. Yeah, thank you. We've had two focus groups so far, and I was really impressed with the improvements that were recommended from session one to session two. And for example, someone said, we really need healthcare represented here. And so we invited Kettering Health. And someone else suggested, we need some sort of retail or grocer here. So we got Nick from Dots. He owns the Dots. Oh my God, yeah. And he's, if you don't know his story, it's a cool story too. Started out as a bag boy at 16 and now owns the Dots. In, in our area, and he's my age, so wow, so very young. Um, <laughs> um, but but he talked about, and I thought this was fascinating that Dots has really made a conscious effort to be age friendly, and and they employ a lot of older part time workers, um, people who had a full time job and just want to work ten hours to twenty hours a week. They they have people who are available to help because that is a a. a you know, a complaint we hear a lot of times with larger grocers, like, okay, great, I have this self-checkout line, but it always, something always goes wrong. There's no one I can reach oh, out yeah. and talk to. Yep. The fact that Dots still accepts paper coupons all the time, and they really push those. And, and just the, the thoughtfulness that he's put into building his business, and now they're opening a pharmacy very soon next to the new Dots at Crosspoint. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. So, so just things that. like that that I would not had had someone not recommended we add him to the focus group I would not have learned about. But a lot of discussion about and it, it's a hard question. So there's only so much funding to go around, right? Let's say Dayton, the city of Dayton has more need. So what what is what can Centerville do while building up the greater region for age friendliness and serving the Centerville population specifically? Because it is a balance. Oh yeah, you no, know, and working with those groups in in the rooms that Donna sets up, we hear about the needs in other communities too. So, so we so want to be a partner. Does funding come from Ohio, and then you guys all have to split it up between Kettering and Centerville, or is it, or is it actually generated from this? City tax. So it depends. When we're talking about um, Stubbs Park, those improvements, the city's paying a good right. portion of that. And we got a, a large portion from state capital funding. Okay. Um, and, and through ODNR. So, I mean, about $2 million of the project is funded through those. But in terms of age-friendly specifically... There is a pot. A lot of it comes from AARP. And actually from the Dayton Foundation. So again, my fellowship. So this is the this is the confusing point that I, typically in conversations I have throughout the community. 
I'm funded by the Dayton Foundation. There are grants made available to the 12 communities that are funded by the Dayton Foundation thanks to a generous benefactor or investor, um, Don Ambrose. It's, it's just been amazing. And this age-friendly program has be, has continued to blossom, but specific to age-friendly communities, we're in our third year. It's convening a group just often enough that you can kind of brainstorm together and learn and help one another. And then we get out of their way and they start moving forward. And we're also out there on kind of looking. I know that the the state of Ohio, they have the healthy aging grants. You know, when we spot something, then we put an alert out to our network. Um, It's a beautiful thing. And and we're learning this as we go. So it's, it's wonderful people like Kate sitting at a larger table. Really, what do we need to do next? Oh, yeah. So one of the things that I'm interested in as a, <clears throat> not a eight. Extreme elderly. <laughs> as somebody who's crossed over the 60s threshold <laughs> um, is education, right? Mm-hmm. Because we have some time on our hands. We'd love to go take classes and things like that. And I've heard rumors that Sinclair in the library offer like training classes or classes on certain topics. Is that true? What you're talking about is exactly that communication piece that I feel like we're missing now. Yes, Sinclair has amazing classes. University of Dayton has amazing classes. Um, Our libraries offer amazing classes in technology and all sorts of things that um, may be specifically helpful for an aging population, but just could be interesting to people. So, So how can we help as a city or as an age-friendly community group, how can we package that in one place? So Kettering, you know, they actually have um, their, I forget the name of it, Donna, do you remember? Oh, the... Kettering Connection? Is that what it's called? Kettering Connection? Something like that. But like really focused on... This demographic for sure. Yes. And and we don't really have that. We have the Recplex through Washington Township, which does a lot. Yeah. so how can the city of Centerville specifically partner with that and add to it and make it stronger? Well, Donna, is that something we could do in this podcast where we find out what's going on and maybe we make some mentions of that? Terry, that- that's my why in the first place for everything that we're doing. Oh my gosh, doing. it's happening it's, right it's here. It's why we invite... So I'm, in fact, I'm sitting here and as, as Kate's sharing stories, I'm like, we have to interview Nick at Dots. We need yeah. to... Turn, like, we just need to help get the word out. So um, kudos to Centerville and calling yes. out communication as, as a challenge we need to really... We're, we're doing it. How can we do it better and more effectively? And and just from a city perspective, before any of this conversation was happening, you know, we wrestle with that all the time. How do how does the city communicate what's happening in the city? Because we used to send a newsletter mailed every two months. That's a significant use of funding. You know, it takes a lot of money, takes a lot of time. Social media. Oh yeah, too. And and we we see that more um, modern elders are engaging through those platforms but how do we reach everybody in a way that makes the most sense for our staffing for the funding we're spending on it so we're always open to feedback on that too well it's, it's amazing and again we're, we're almost out of time here yep. Donna, but one of the things my father-in-law still spends like six hundred dollars a year on dayton daily news yeah right and it's how many people are still getting that n- newspaper delivered to the door? Daily News would say a lot. Terry, shut up. <laughs> 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 they probably but, would. But yes, no, I get what you're saying. So there's got to be the next wave of that. Yes. What is that next wave? Yeah, you should do some type of like a minute video segment for the city about that's a great idea why don't we think about that and we could put it on even like cable access oh yeah love it I'm watching another idea (laughs) (laughs) actually Kate and I just so the listeners know we work together on many many different projects so this is why you hear the sarcasm 
going back and forth between us. Not to mention the opener for this program where a voice might sound Yay. familiar. Um, Kate, I can't thank you enough. One, for thank the work you. you do with you know on behalf of Centerville, and then also for joining us today and sharing a bit of your journey. Thank you. Well, I just hope you guys can find a way to, to package any feedback we get and pass that along to us because we, we're very open and sometimes it's just hard to reach all the groups we want to. Hear That's a them. great point. How do we get feedback? Let's talk about that, you know, in our next, in our next uh, <laughs> Stay tuned. All right, well, Kate, thank you for joining us. Thank you. All right, well, we'll be right back. Well, Donna, what'd you think of Kate? You know, uh, you've known her longer than I have, but I, I, have. I enjoy working with her through the age-friendly initiative. She's very thoughtful in how she's proceeding with the plan. Well, off the record, she's absolutely one of my favorite people. She's smart, she knows her stuff, and she's really funny. So I really like Kate on the record, Kate was just fine. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But those are the conversations Terry in the future will we'll do. We'll bring in different representatives from the age-friendly communities. Straight idea. However, you want a little teaser for our next episode? Yeah, who's on that? Uh, volunteerism is going to be the theme. We're going to explore that as, in the context of, of this next life chapter. And Joni Watson, who is the community champion for Bruner Literacy Center, she's going to be joining us to share her volunteerism story. All right. I, I do want to find out what happened to Chachi, by the way. <laughs> Joni. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, we're going to wrap it up now, and we will see you again soon on the very next podcast.